What's up, guys? <laughs> Come on. All right, so you guys don't know at home, the people that here have a slight idea of what was going on about four minutes, but actually four seconds before we had to go live. I had a mini heart attack. Shout out to my boy, Andrew Zarian, who's here behind the scenes. He actually yeah, saved the Zarian. day. I almost canceled this whole thing altogether. Shout out to the playwright for hosting us. It's on 35th between 5th and 6th Avenue. This was the home for all of our playoff parties back in 2015. So if you're here back then, we're here tonight again. Thanks to them. Uh, and thanks to you for coming in on your night off, Mr. Nelson Figueroa. My pleasure, my pleasure. Hey, cheers to you guys. And cheers to you. Cheers! And Nelson, I, I know we... I never get to do this. Oh, you know what? We didn't even, let's cheer. <laughs> my heart is still racing. <laughs> but these mics are probably not as high-tech as SNY's, so you got to be nice and close on these ones, all right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, as always, shout-out to Lizzie behind the scenes here. I don't want to... Like, hey! My personal photographer. Hey! There we go. What's up, Lizzie? Uh, Lizzie's been hitting the vodka for like, she's not driving, like three hours. So I'm a little... Uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, she should be all right. So Lizzie's going to be scouring the crowd. We, I don't know how many people are here. I haven't left this spot in about an hour. So if you are back there, I'll say what's up later. Thank you guys for showing up. Uh, if you have a question, comment, suggestion for the Mets, talk to Nelson about something. Um, Lizzie's going to be walking around. You're going to take that spot right there and jump in yeah. on the convo. Um, so Nelson. Yes, sir. Not a lot of great things to talk about for this first half of the season. And I know that, you know, when, when you work for the, for, the, for the broadcast, you work for SNY, people think that you have to say and, and think a certain way or whatever. And when people come at you before the season started, you come right back and you say, listen, you know, you, you, no one's telling you what to say. And, you know, you come back at them with, with like a real, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like a... a you're a hometown guy, you're from here, you play for the team, you now work for SNY, but you still keep it real. And I think a lot of fans respect that. I appreciate that. And that's, that was the goal from the beginning, was that I wasn't going to be a homer. I wasn't just going to say things just to say things. I've never been that guy. So I think uh, it's pretty funny and ironic that I was a guy who got ran out of town a few times because of running my mouth <laughs> to the media. And now, you know, they hired me because they wanted to hear my opinion. So from day one... Well, I met with ownership, and they welcomed me with open arms and told me, don't change, be yourself. We, we want you here because of your opinion. Um, don't change that. And especially, you know, with things that have been going on now, you know, I, I have to do my best to show the fans exactly what I think, what I know, and show you all the options. And l this way, you can weigh all the options, and you can sit back and say, was it a good move, was it a bad move? Should this have happened? Shouldn't that have happened? You know, there's been a lot of things that have gone on where we do, uh, unlike any other network, unlike any other network, we question a lot of the moves that are made, and it's due to the respect of the game. We, we can't fake it for you guys. You know, it, it, this is New York. You guys aren't going to let that happen. You would call us out immediately. And so we're very true. We're very true to who we say we're going to be, and that's from the beginning, is that we're going to give you the best analysis. We're going to give you the best coverage. We're going to try and give you an inside look. And even when things don't go right, that's okay, because we have never lost a pre- or post game. So that's well, the way we look let me it. ask you something about staying true. What's up with Sal Licata? <laughs> Are you serious? Like, Sal says he's a Mets fan, right? It, whether it was a bit, whatever, I totally get it. I understand, you know, you try to cop, 
try to keep things light, uh, you know, especially when you're covering this team and the Mets and whatever. I mean, you got you to gotta start doing some funny things every once in a while. But if you haven't seen it, uh, Sal decided that for the rest of the season he's going to be a Yankees fan. So I don't know if someone put him up to this or if this was his idea, but it seems like a tired, uh, a tired <laughs> act. You know, Craig Carton had the Mets fans for Yankees, which everyone hated, myself included. Uh, Chris Russo did a Mets fan. You know, I'm a Yankees fan now. And, you know, that's the easy way out. And when you're on TV every day, and, you know, whatever, whether it is for a bit or not, I don't think anyone here or anyone who considers themselves a real Mets fan could ever do that. Well, I, I think you guys know that Sal was put up to do that. Still. They, there's I, no I, coming no, back no, from no, that. Oh, the the no, pictures no, no. last forever, you that, know? That, and that's one of the biggest things I always tell those guys. Remember we had, like, we were doing those contests with the whiteboard on BNNY, and we had the whiteboard, and I'm like, yo, I'm not holding a whiteboard up in front of me. I know what <laughs> happens on the internet. That's asking for the Photoshop. I know what happens on the internet. So I won't even hold a whiteboard. So to think <laughs> that I'm going to put a Yankee hat or right, a Yankee right, right, jersey right, right. on. And don't get me wrong. You know, I was in AAA with the Yankees, and if it would have happened, great. I mean, again, that's a different story. But as far as my lineage and, and who I root for and who my, my, I was raised rooting for, that's always going to be the Mets, and it's always going to be, you know, the blue and orange. So I, I get it, and like you said, it's the easy way out. Right, right, right. It's the e and it's not even a bandwagon thing, you know? I mean, they've won one World Series in the last 18 years or whatever it is, so it's not a bandwagon thing. It's just, I, I mean, it, it big money, and you, you, you invest in it, and you look at it at the end, and you're like, eh, well, we didn't win either, so... To me, I, I look at it the other way. Being a Mets fan is about the grind. It's, yeah. about, it's about the ups and downs, and it's, it's literally the everyday disasters. <laughs> you know, it helps you cope with real life of being a New Yorker. <laughs> you, can, you can look at that one moment in the game and be like, oh, my God, that guy's terrible. This stinks. We're, we suck. And you can do that, and then when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I love the Mets. Well, it's I funny. Mean, I mean, you know, if you could date a Mets fan, you could, you know, you know they're loyal. You know they could roll with the punches. You know, <laughs> Mets fans are kind of easy to get I'm along sorry. with. But uh, I was looking up something today because I couldn't remember when you started with S&Y. It was 2015, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So your last game as a Met was the final game of 2009, right? Correct. So it was a complete game, four-hitter, City Field. You know, a little round of applause. <laughs> a little, little fact that, that I didn't even realize till today your final game at City Field was the official first day of the seven line. So it's officially my, yeah. final, my final game when I met uniform. And I told you this from That's, the beginning. I you go, did tell me this? I go, where the hell were you guys when I was That was playing? my, well, 2010 was like the official start. Uh, but 2009, last day, was when I had the shirt that said, I survived, let's go Mets 2010. That was that same day. And, and that's how you were born. And I feel like, you know, I had to die for you guys to be born. <laughs> <laughs> your, your demise is our success. It, you know, for whatever it's worth, you know, that's why I think I, I relate to you guys so well. And I, I appreciate you guys so much because I've said since 2015 when I took the job that the 10th man is so important. The 10th man is real. The 10th man, when you're a player and you have to play at home and you're like, man, these fans hate us. You know, there's nothing we can do right. And even if we win two games in a row, they want us to win 10 games in a row. If we win nine games in a row, it's not good enough. You feel that way. It's a lot more pressure. So when people ask me about why do Mets not play well at home, it has a lot to do with that. It's, it is because of the social media. It is because of the, 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 even the media, you know, the newspapers and everything else. You, as a player, you sit there and read it, and it feels negative. Everything about the vibe feels negative. And so in 2015, that kind of changed, where people kind of got it. When they went all in, I think the fans bought in. And the fans were like, you know what? Let's go to the games. And more fans went to the games than ever before. More fans 
you know, showed that they cared. It was so I, fun. It was. Yeah, so it how, was like yeah, August, September, October, there was never a moment, not to cut into your thought there, but like I made a shirt that said Rock Like Shay because City Field did not feel like home at all first few years. There was right. no blue and orange. Right. The ushers were like maroon. I don't know yeah. if they wear it now. Oh, uh, yeah. the, the wall was black. The, the home run apple was tucked in the outfield. Like right. the, the, you know, it was just horrible. And then finally it felt like this was our home and it was rocking again, you know? Yeah. But uh, like you said, the, the fun, when you start winning, obviously the fans come out. You can't blame anyone for saying, I'm not going to spend if the team sucks. Of course. You know, I used this analogy a couple weeks ago. We we're talking about something. And like, if you hear a movie sucks, you're not going to watch it. If the Mets are not putting a productive team on the field, I don't blame you for staying home. But on, in the same breath, the people that are here, the people that are cheer with us, it's more than just the wins and losses. Like we played a little tailgate video before right. the show started. That's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we're there. And obviously we want a team to win. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But, you know, I also look like a shill when I'm like, hey, we got a game on Tuesday. We do. We're going to be out there on Tuesday. Come on out. But like, why? Why would I go out? I'm like, the same reason you just said. Nimmo in, in Colorado after we were out there in, in uh, Arizona. And even at City Field recently, he's like, Thank you, fans. Like, put yeah. his arms out. Oh, like, yeah. he was like, oh, yeah. you know, trying to, trying to capture the votes. I know we votes, suck, you know? but thank you. Yeah. But, you <laughs> know, that's real. But that is real. As that's a player, you know, and we just want to hear, not that more, more players have to put themselves out there. You know, it's okay if you're a trout and you're more reserved, or if you're a Nimmo and you want to be out there and say thank you. But I think thank you goes a long way. And at home, I think people at Solo are like, number one, Nimmo's now one of my favorite players. Right. You know, it's great that he respects us. And I don't know if the team then looks at that and says shit, like, or even Horowitz, like, you can't acknowledge that you're not, we're not playing how you expect. Because no one really ever says that. Like, you don't really hear management or whatever come out and be like, we stink, but thank you for coming anyway. It's rare. Right. They say, come out. And, uh, you know, what was, what was Sandy a couple years ago? He said, you know, if you guys come out to the ballpark more and we'll spend your money on the players, like, like uh, come yeah, on out. Yeah. And then, we'll, you know what I mean? That's right. backwards. Uh, but uh, of course, I mean, there's, there's two ways to, to look at it, right? For me, like you said about uh, when you said about the movie, the analogy about the movie, I still might see the sucky movie because I might like it. I'll wait for Netflix. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, seriously, though, you might watch and it might be on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you'll be like, man, I wish I would have saw that in the theater. It might have been pretty good. Right, I right. love I, the sucky I, movies. I, I, no, no, but I remember, I, remember, I remember a teammate of mine went and he saw Blade with his mom and dad. And he's like, dude, I walked out of the movie after two minutes. And I was like, are you kidding me? I love Blade. I was like, that was amazing. Like the way they did that. And, and those are called cult followings. And right, so right, 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 right. You guys are considered a cult to some people. So I, I think that I understand it. I, I get it. Trust me. Prices are crazy. So does the team need to do specials to maybe enamor the fans a little bit? Of course. There's things that they try to do where they give discounts for how many. Well, games yeah, games. like now, 40 48% off or something like that for DeGrom, for DeGrom and Alistair. Obviously. Yeah. And so when, when we look at it, and you, look, you can look at the first half and say, yes, there's been a lot of bad. There's also been some good. Nimmo is one of the good. Uh, DeGrom's success is one of the great. Uh, we're not even looking at good. We're looking at great right now. Um, so when you, you have to look at all the little different things, and it, it's not being a shill. And, man, I, th that word kills me because I was traded for Kurt Schilling. So <laughs> it, it, to me, it's like I, I've never been a shill. Um, it's not being a shill, but you take the three, four, and five hitters out of any lineup in baseball. It doesn't matter if, you know, the greatest manager in the history of the game is managing. You take a bullpen who a lot was counted on with this bullpen, and they haven't lived up to their performances. And I don't think any one of them, Jerry Blevins has been very blunt. He stood in front of his locker every single time and has said, I am really bad, and it's, it's not okay. Right. It's not okay. And, and I think 
the more that you're seeing that, it's not that it humanizes them, it's that it is a lot on their plate. And it's, you guys live and die by their performances. They don't want to suck. None of them want to suck. I never wanted to suck, but it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happens. And, and so you look at it, you know what? The first half, more than the first half, because it's over 90 games, more than the first half is already gone, right? So what can you do for the second half? Two words, play better. That's it. That's what it comes down to. Right, right, right. It's play better. Don't, don't talk to me about playing the game the right way. Don't talk to me about all the cliches. I, I literally just want to tell the team, if I could tell to a man, and, and that's one of the things that I've always really taken from this experience as an analyst, is that I talk to the players the same way I talk to the fans. That if I say something on the air, I would say it to their face directly. And I had two words for them, and it's play better. That's all I want out of the team. Whatever happens, happens. You can't control everything. And when you look at a team, and I've said this, I've said many a times that you know you never know what happens in the second half, and they're not out, they're not mathematically eliminated by any means. Right. A team can go into a ten-game tailspin. We've seen that in in this day and age of baseball, ten-game winning streaks, ten-game tailspins have happened. Yeah, we're not in the AL East here. We you know? just exactly. We just saw we just saw a team last year go forty-three and seven in fifty games, and they weren't at full strength. They didn't have all their best players, but right, they right, found right, a way right. to play better. So do I think it's possible? Not really, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, still, it's still, you have to have that hope. You have to have that, you know what? I'm still going to root them on because they're my team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For better or for worse. So what do I want? I want a reason, even if it's to just be a spoiler. If it's just to ruin the Nationals it's The Marlins were for us back. Yeah. <laughs> if it's just to do that, you know what I mean? So take some pride in every single time you get to play. And they did that. They did that on the, on the, in the last three games against uh -huh. the Nationals. They did that. They played harder. I just can't believe that, you know, they split the series, but they haven't won a series since May 20th. I, I, Unbelievable. It's, it's tomorrow's the 20th. Two months. Winning back-to-back -back games. That, that went all the way yeah. back to, like, w middle of May. Things of that nature that I never expected. Don't get me wrong. The, the, the beginning of the season. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. 11-1. Everyone here was drinking it. I think no, everyone here was I drinking wasn't. the Kool-Aid. Yeah, please. <laughs> everyone here was that, that did it, they did not expect that we were going to turn into what we've been since then. But no. you did bring up the Nationals. I do want to talk about the All-Star game. Actually, I, I was going to go, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, I was pulling for DeGrom, obviously, but I was also pulling for Nimmo to make it. He didn't. Right. Um, did you happen to watch the Home Run Derby? I did. Okay. And I, what do you think of the Home Run Derby? Seriously, what do you think of the Home Run Derby? Uh, uh, is this about Bryce Harper and his dad cheating? I lose it some fans were saying that, so yeah, if you want to say it, that. Yes, they did they play by the rules? No. But right. to the victory. Yeah, I'd have to watch I'd have to watch the whole thing again. So I, I watched it. I watched it because the last thirty seconds was very quick and he put up all the home runs and did the balls technically land? No, not no. even close. And I, I don't know if I the guess. rule is what if it's not a home run? Do you still have to wait? Well, that's what I thought. Because I, I'd have to watch the whole thing I, over again. I'm but sorry. If it's a no-doubter and it's like 500 feet, I'm not waiting. You right, know but, it's gone. but that's the rules. Uh, so did Schwarber wait? Yeah, he did. So Schwarber should be, if I was a Cubs fan <laughs> and I was Schwarber, I'd be pissed. As but, you know. As I, as I said, it's, the, it's an exhibition You've got to watch it. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but someone put it up afterwards. What we're talking about is after a ball is pitched, once it's in the air, it has to land has before to land. you could throw the next pitch. Correct. And they didn't. Oh, he wasn't even looking back. He was just. But firing. I mean, you know, technically, he still had thirty. He still had like twenty-five seconds to go after that because he did hit the, get the bonus or whatever. Right. Once but he got to the bonus, it was over. But to get to the bonus, right, that, right, was, right. that was where the uh, controversy. I lies. mean, he only won because a lot of guys didn't enter. And you know, if like Stan and Judge, these was, guys were in it. But he, he was the hometown favorite. They yeah. did it at home. It's an exhibition game. It doesn't matter for 
the whole you know World Series right. advantage. I mean, honestly, tremendous talent. I talk a lot of shit on Harper. A lot of people do. I mean, he's an easy target, especially oh, yeah. when he's in your division. But if he was on the Mets. Like, people were talking shit the other night, like, look at this douche with his bandana. I was like, you know what? If he was a Met, I'd be pumped on it. But he's not, so he's a dick, you know? But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't want to talk for the other people here. But if he was on our team, I'd probably like him. But as a guy like that, who always kind of has the spotlight on him, flipping his hair and very showboaty. Since he is younger, he did ramp it up a little bit now that he's a leader of the team. But if a guy like that comes into the clubhouse, how are his teammates, look, teammates looking at him? Well, I mean, you saw he got choked out already once. Yeah. I mean, that's only... That's, he sure that's did. That was in public he got choked out. Yeah. So, so what, hap- what do you think happens with it, that guy behind closed doors? It, it, behind closed doors, he's been talked to by many a veteran, I'm sure. Because, Throwing his lunch out? Well, you know, we saw that on, <laughs> you know, very up close and personal. We saw, you know, Syndergaard got his lunch thrown out. But it, it is... There, there was a very quick transition from where you had kind of like those clubhouse, not even a clubhouse sheriff, I hate that term, because they just did that with Bud Norris about how he was, you know, self-proclaimed clubhouse sheriff. But there is an old school guard that you, you have to respect the game. Like, no matter how well you do it's easy when you're doing well. I think we've seen that up Well, close. yeah, especially with the, you know, the, uh, the crowns and the yeah, salt yeah, and pepper shakers and the, yeah. and the belts that, and stuff like that. That, that, that to me... And the rally dildos. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, let me tell you something. That was that was a marketing thing that really they let go by the wayside. They could have say they could have made enough money just off that alone. They could have they could have bought Machado, Harper, and everybody and Chris Sale for next year had they marketed that correctly. Um, to to me, the, would you the, have bought in? I, I don't need to, but <laughs> but my biggest thi- my biggest thing in, in, in something of that nature is that. For, for what it's worth, when you have a guy like Harper, and it happens early. It, it has happened on every team I've been on where you get the hotshot kid, the first-round pick, the guy who's signed for more money than you've ever made. That can rub veterans the wrong way. And it's not that they're old, grumpy men, but they've had to earn everything that they were ever given. Okay, mm-hmm. Jacob DeGrom, to me, is that guy as well because he has earned everything he's ever been given. He's never been given money up front he, you know, he signed as a converted shortstop, had Tommy John. He comes out, rookie of the year, your first year. You get one shot to do it. You go, and the, he goes to the uh, all-star game, a 10-pitch dismantling of the American League lineup really quick. Then he goes to the World Series, and his contract gets renewed after something like that. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, what the how? So what do you think of that? Let's bring it up. Um, Monday. Yep. Monday morning, Monday whatever. It came out that his agent kind of put a little pressure on the Mets, said, listen, if you're not going to, you know, do something with this guy, then trade him. Do you think that's good tactics to do right now? Like, it, it's definitely warranted. It, you know what it is? It, it's, but the it, Mets don't have to do anything. They it, can just hang on to him for a couple years and correct. be like, you know what, let's play it out. He's, it, getting, he's not getting any younger. This might be his prime. In two years, he might not be the same Jacob deGrom. And here's, but he's, he deserves it. Oh, without a doubt, does he deserve it? Absolutely. It's called the leap of faith. It's a sign of good faith. It's, it's to show that you appreciate what he's already done. The new baseball, and we saw it what happened in free agency this year. They don't want to pay you for you, what you've already done. They want to pay you for you, what you may do. Right. And what the analytics say you may be able to continue doing. So everybody over the age of 30, which DeGrom is, it's already on the downside of that. So why are you going to pay a player more money when he's going to be on the downside regardless? Right. It's a bad investment. So to owners, they finally put it into terms of investments. Would you go, and if I said to you, there's a stock that's been hot for six years. It's been amazing. Let's dump $200 million into it. But 
it's never going to get better than it is. <laughs> no <laughs> owner would do that. Right. So they basically told all the owners, why are you investing into things that are only going to depreciate? And so it, it, it rarely happens that you do have a player that continues on and, and I mean, with everything that they keep taking away, the amphetamines and the steroids and everything right, else, right, it right. makes it harder and harder for the players. I get it. For me, for a guy like Jacob deGrom, you, you pay a little bit more now because it shows the fan base that you do care. Right. That right. you do want that guy in your uniform till he can't pitch anymore. Santana was that way. And they invested a lot of money into Santana early on. It was, he was 29, I think, when they signed him. He was 29, and he pitched twice the amount of innings that DeGrom has. Mm -hmm. So that's talking about wear and tear on a guy's body. DeGrom is not at that wear and tear point. He had the, you know, the Tommy John. He had a little tune-up here in, in 2016. And he's been nothing but better since. I mean, he's sitting at 98, 99 now. We never saw that from him before. So I don't look at him as, oh, my God, he's 30. It's going to start dwindling down. I think he's more like that Verlander that has learned how to pitch, cleaned up his mechanics, now uses four pitches all over the strike zone. And more so than anything, he gives you not just a chance to win, but you should win every right. single ball game he pitches. And when you look at it from the other side, it's true. But, you, but if you look at it from ownership, and, and, and if I was to go into the front office, here's the problem. He can only help you win once every five days. And even when he does pitch lights out, you're not winning his games anyway. Right. So again, when you're talking about an investment, there's risk involved. There's more risk involved because the wins don't matter for starting pitchers anymore. So his value is that he's pitching a ton of innings, not giving up runs, tons of strikeouts, but he sells a lot of jerseys. He's an all-star. He's that. So there is that marketability with him that you got to capitalize on. So when they talked about Trout, yeah, not being that guy. Right, right, right. He is that guy. He's just that guy three hours too late. If right, he was in right, New right, York right, right. or that article that came out today, I'm sure you saw it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Trout's a little bit more, little bit more reserved. He says no to go on late night shows. He's not trying to be out there and do more than he needs to besides win games, be a good teammate, and do his thing for for the Angels. But um, you know, it's tough that when it comes out. Well, why is one of the best players in the game, if not the best player in the game, not as popular as LeBron or, you know, whoever is the oh, top of he, their yeah, game. Yeah, he, he was like with Fareed or something like that in yeah. the NBA where I couldn't recognize right, him right, if right, I walked right, by right. him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I get it. Here's the thing. Baseball players wear uniforms, so it's like wearing a costume. So it's almost like a superhero, you know? Nobody knew who Clark Kent was just because of the glasses somehow. <laughs> and, and, you know, you don't know who Bruce Wayne is because of the cowl. I get it. So baseball players, it's, it's like that in a way because you don't know exactly how tall these guys are, how big they are until you're in front of them. So you don't recognize them easily. Remember Matt Harvey did that thing when he was pitching, in the, he was starting the All-Star game and he did it for the Fallon show. Yeah, and yeah, he walked yeah. around and he's like, what do you guys who's think Who's your favorite Matt? Matt? Yeah, who's your favorite Matt? What do you think of Matt Harvey? Oh, he sucks, he's terrible. Yeah. And they're talking right to him. So yeah. I get that. Mike Trout is very wholesome looking. There's no tattoos that are recognizable. Like if it's Javi Baez, it's a different story. But for Mike Trout, what does he do? All he does is ball out. Right, and right, so right. if you can't market that as MLB, right. uh, there's something wrong with that. You're in a tough that. spot. But, but it, they're really not because he got more publicity because of what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles right, 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 than he right, has right, 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 with right. the Anaheim Angels. Yeah, yeah. So that's not on him. Right. That's on the way that you market it. Right, so right, Nike, right. I mean, he is Nike product. Why is he not the poster boy? Why is there not more trout on the East Coast? Right. They have it probably covered all over the West Coast, but I mean, let's get it straight. The East Coast makes everything run. So I, I think if, yeah. if, if I, 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 I 
I don't even stay up to watch Trout. I watch his highlights yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's late. I understand it. So unless they're going to change the time of games to make it so that more people can watch him, it's not even about that. I mean, when you see the numbers he's putting up and where he's at historically, it is your job as an entity, and you're talking about all of MLB. The Angels do a good job with it, but MLB needs to forefront and, and, and show you just how good this guy is. So let's talk a little bit about the rest of the season. Obviously, you touched on, you know, DeGrom being the man. Obviously, a lot of people in the room are fans of Nimmo. We have absolutely no idea what's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. Trade deadline's coming up on the 31st. Um, I don't know what that says. Question, second half. Oh, cool. Oh, we did ask for questions. Good. Good job, Leslie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so who knows what the hell's going to happen. Uh, things are about to be get, probably going to get shaken up here in a couple weeks. Right. Um, besides the two obviouses, and hoping that Cespedes has a strong second half, uh, Noah Syndergaard's finger stays healthy, what else is there to possibly be positive about for the rest of the year, in your opinion? Um, or a highlight, or things to look for, like something, something that you could look forward to every night. Zach Wheeler and Steven Matz continuing their ascent into undoubtable major league pitchers, where early in the season, one guy started out in AAA, the other guy had to be taught how to be rain man and touch things in the right order yeah, to, yeah, yeah, in between yeah, yeah. pitches. I think now you're looking at him, and it's, it's such a confidence factor for him that he feels like he's okay no matter what happens. I love that. I, I mean, he's a guy, I think we put a lot on his plate by saying that you know he's a New Yorker, so he can handle it. Right. And he admitted early in the season, I can't handle it. The game's speeding up on me. Both those guys had more, had more time on the DL than they had in a major league uniform. So we have to give them credit for that, for what they've done with them. So Island, Mickey, done a tremendous job with those two guys. Uh, Fine-tuning DeGrom into what he is right now. I, I love that as well. Um, Got to see something out of the bullpen, man. I know that you were saying trade them all, get rid of all of them, but you kind of stuck with a couple of guys for a couple of years. So you want to see them continue to do well. So the Gaselman-Lugo combination has been outstanding as well. I think, yeah, Swarzak has been the guy that, uh, you know, the, the, when the game changed to the launch angle swing, Swarzak was able to excel because he was a guy who pitched at the knees and tried to pitch at the knees, and he didn't have a lot of success at the knees. Um, got DFA'd trying to pitch at the knees as a starter converted into a reliever. So then he wound up pitching to the upper part of the strike zone with his fastball, mid-90s, and getting a lot of swings and misses because everybody's looking for the knees, swinging down, that, that you know, lifting swing. Um, and he had success. But now that people know that about him, they seem to be laying off that. And he's got to kind of go back to the drawing board of forcing contact, getting some weak contact, and not walking batters. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've got a question from the audience. Just uh, stay nice and close to the mic there. All right. Pretend you're almost kissing it. Oh, boy. So uh, what's your name? Where are you from? What do you want to talk about? All right, you just so became my name meme. is Riz. I live on the Lower East Side. Um, but I walk like a mile from my office to get here. That a boy. There, there you, you go. go. Get those steps up. Exactly. Wait, wait, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I need 5,000 more. <laughs> but apparently, so you were just talking about the bullpen. Right. Uh, and what you expect out of the second half. Um, do you see any deals being made to bolster the bullpen for next season or even for right now? Um... I do not. I think it's going to be a situation with a new GM or an or a GM who's coming in, whether it's Rico or somebody from internal that gets the job. I think it's going to be a huge deal for that guy to get a bullpen that he's comfortable with. Sam Z's never been big on bullpen guys because 
bullpen guys are volatile. Uh, every year, uh, after you sign them, they had a good year last year, they have a terrible year the next year, and now you look like a jerk. So it's very difficult to predict what a bullpen guy is going to do. There's guys that are, you know, you know the, the best of the best, and I get that. You want to spend that kind of money. But even if you look in the last two years, those guys that have signed, they haven't lived up to the money. Uh, Mark Melanson hasn't lived up to that money. Uh, uh, you know, Wade Davis is not living up to that money in Colorado. I don't know why the hell you would sign in Colorado. Um, <laughs> but they tried to build a super bullpen, and that hasn't worked out. Their bullpen's had like a 70 RA as well. So for me... I, I have two weapons right now that I can count on. That's Gaselman and Lugo uh, that are under control for many years now. Um, you probably have to go get a, another closer if you're not going to make Gaselman your closer. Um, so do you go out and get a, a quality top-of-the-line closer that's available? Probably. You're going to need that. It's New York. So you want to make sure you have that at the back end. And for all the things that Familia puts you through, and I know he puts you guys through a lot. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> but... Here, here, I, I've seen many a closer who can't do it once somebody gets on. One guy gets on, and they're a totally different pitcher. Familia seems to need three guys on, and then he's locked in. But, but he's done it so many times that you're almost like, all right, he's fine. He's a give you a heart guy. attack, Benitez. Lizzie, Lizzie's still saying no, but he'll, but he'll, he'll, you know, yeah. The, the thing is, he goes and somewhere between Benitez and Mariano. That's where his numbers lie. His numbers lie there. So the metrics, the metrics on a guy like Familia are. You know what? Can you pitch him a bunch of games in a row? Yes. Can you pitch him seven out of ten games? No. And I think we learned that early on because he wanted to go on the DL when he came back from the DL. You can't – he will never say no. So there will never be a time the manager walks by the pitch coach says, you know, hey, can you give me an inning? And he's going to be like, yes, 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 no matter what. So you kind of have to monitor that. It's not going to be a problem for them because they're going to put him in every single game to try and get him as many saves to – sell them off makes me nervous more than three outs when they bring him in and try to extend him have him go two innings four or five outs it seems to never actually work out if it does more power to you but it usually doesn't but it doesn't with a lot of closers right right, there's, right. There's, but i thought there was no closer <laughs> remember closer remember by that? committee this is what i want to bring I, up remember that that was a, that was a, a beginning part of the whole thing was uh, in the beginning not naming him the closer right that's already kind of like a punch to the gut but listen let me ask you a question is something with communication over the past 40 years all right, no, past couple of years here, right? So um, it comes out last week, Mickey Calloway, Cespedes is our left fielder. The question was, is, is he going to take grounders at first? Is he going to play first base? No, was the answer. Right. Yesterday, who's playing first base? Cespedes. What? So that makes Mickey look bad. So either yeah. they're telling him to say, no, he's not going to play first, and then don't give him the heads up that he is going to play first down in Port St. Lucie. Because now, who's, who's wrong in this? Well, is it Mickey? Is it above Mickey? Who's, it's crazy. It, it, and it's a communication problem that, that is consistent. And it just makes him look bad. As a first-time guy, first-time manager, um, you know. It cuts his legs out from underneath him. Exactly. It does. And, you know, it just, the fan base is already up in arms, obviously. Right. People calling for his head. You listen to the fan. You listen wherever. I don't know if anyone here wants Mickey to be fired. But, um, you know, Sal Licata, I think, had Wally Backman on a couple days ago. So, obviously, the Wally Backman uh, topic comes back up. Correct. Matt's Twitter. Yeah, we want Wally. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's never going to happen. Um, does Mickey make it, it – let's say the Mets continue to lose. You know, they had just as bad of a second half as they have the first. Mm -hmm. Does he make it to next spring training? I, I think because he has a three-year deal, he has to. He has to. And, and I, didn't, I didn't think Terry warranted to get fired because of everything that went on last year. So, or not fired, I should say, but not re-signed. 
I felt like they should give him one more year because it, it is it is mostly about health. If you don't have your players in the lineup, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who the manager is. You can pull some tricks out of your sleeve every now and then, but it's n overall not going to win you nine out of ten games. Here's the thing with the, the whole Cespedes at first base thing. Yeah. When Mickey said it, I think Mickey was saying it as far as playing it in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. The minor league assignment... But what's the point of even having him do that as an assignment if they had, they had no intention of him actually coming up here and doing it on the big league level? He, can, he could have possibly just DH'd, and then you wouldn't have seen anything out of him on the field. Right. So I think for Cespedes and maybe for the organization, it was a chance to, hey, does it matter in the minor leagues? No. Let him do it. Let him see how he even feels about it. I don't think it. it's a bad idea. But I, 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 it's not as easy as, as people make it seem. And I said this the other day about Terry saying it about Conforto a few years ago. You know, just put the fat kid at first base, which I don't understand why he said that about Conforto. Yeah, but you can't, <laughs> you can't just do that. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more involved. It, it's a lot more strenuous. And so for a guy who has heel issues and hip issues, constantly moving back and forth, running nonstop to cover the base, not cover the base, be the cutoff man, do all these. And then you're wasting one of the greatest arms in the game right. by putting that first base. So to me, there's a lot more negatives than there are positives to it. I get it. I understand it. It's a shorter jog from first base to the dugout <laughs> at City Field. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't Speaking. know. Speaking of first, though, I was one of the last games before the break. Did you hear Keith Hernandez rename first base the hot corner because he played it? <laughs> he was like, oh, the hot corner. And, every, and Ron and uh, Gary both like, the hot corner is third base. He's like, well, it's hard over there also. You know, if you're on a lefty, it's... Uh... <laughs> and, Ronnie, and Ronnie corrected all of them by saying the hottest corner is actually in the middle, 55 feet away as a pitcher <laughs> getting a comebacker. So don't even try that one. So I, I, I get it, but, you know... It's Keith Hernandez, man. Yeah, if he, he's the best. He, he's changed it already. That I think Fox blew it big time not having him on the broadcast on Monday. You're right. You're and right. I don't know if he lost it. Like, I don't know if, he, if he's completely out for the playoffs as well. I know he, he's enjoying his week. I oh, mean, yeah. he was tweeting, you know, four-day break, Sag Harbor, oh. hanging out with my cat. Um, <laughs> he's changed it, actually. You know, what, you know when a, a player, they get into the doghouse? No, 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 they're in the cat house now. It's a <laughs> Keith hernandez -ism. I love Keith. So uh, we got another question. I don't even know if this guy needs an intro, but for the people at home who don't know who you are, <laughs> get nice and close to the microphone there. <clears throat> What's up? What's your name? Where are you from? What do you want to talk about? My name's Brew. First time, long time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got a word. Uh, Tim Tebow. Yep. Right? Big name. Family. Give me, give me a minute. <laughs> pick, it, pick it up. No, like, so you don't have to crouch up. Family, family name. Now, Family name. he's what clearly not ready for the big leagues at all. But September come around, will we see him in, in City Field to, like, sell merch and fill seats? Is that a good idea? Or should we give him a shot? Like, what, 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 what's an the all -star. Tim Tebow algorithm right now? What are we looking at? Ah, the Tim Tebow <laughs> algorithm. Or do you want to see Peter Alonzo? What do you mean by, what do you mean by it's a family, like... You know, everybody knows Tim Tebow. Oh, I thought you meant you got related or yeah, something. You're like, Bru it's a family name. I didn't name. know his name was Brew Tebow. <laughs> Brubo. <laughs> Brubo. Here's, here's uh, the Tim Tebow thing in a nutshell. Um, I, I think it's, it's funny because I looked at Michael Jordan when he did it. When Michael uh -huh. Jordan did it, it was deemed an absolute disaster, right? But now you go and look at it through the metrics of what they grade guys on now, and he stole over 30 bases. He had 51 RBIs with only three home runs, and he batted barely over two, 200. Remember, our number one, pro, our number one, uh, one of our number one prospects, 
has one home run and one RBI in the season. Uh-huh. I mean, this guy somehow had 50-some-odd RBIs with only three home runs. So he did some good things. So some things that you may have been able to say, hey, Mike, if you want to come back, and, of course, to sell jerseys and everything else, it helps, um, they could have re-signed him. But he went back to basketball, thank goodness. Also, the strike happened. If you watch the third, I think it was the yes. 30 for 30. They were saying if he had a couple more years and didn't go back to basketball, right. he may have made but it. But he, I mean, he was also way older and everything else. Uh, to right. me... Tim Tebow has done some things that nobody will give him credit for. Um, it's not as easy as it looks. A- and for a guy to just pick it up and, and give it a whirl, and it's not necessarily being named all-star. We know why he got named an all-star. I mean, we don't have to go through that. But to now be calling him Tim Tebow the big leaguer, that's a harder pill to swallow. Um, so unless he does something that warrants it, if he leads that team to a championship and hits tremendously and he gets a cup of coffee, I got nothing wrong with a guy getting a cup of coffee in a losing season. I love a cup of coffee. A, a good cup of coffee never hurts anybody. But I, I, don't, I don't think you'll be looking for Tim Tebow, the starting right fielder for the New York Mets, uh, y- you know, that kind of thing, where they get rid of Jay Bruce to make room for Tebow. No. Well, what if Jay Bruce is, doesn't come back? Because this team, who knows what's going to be happening with these guys? Oh, I mean, yeah. You're hearing nothing. I mean, David Wright... Bless his heart. Uh, took BP a couple He's times. He's done more baseball activity than Cespedes and Bruce combined. It's I, been amazing. Well, Cespedes come back tomorrow night. I mean, you know, it's it, – someone put up a poll. I think it was Joe DeMeo, uh, PSL to Flushing on Twitter. He put something up a couple weeks ago. It said, who's going to be back first, uh, Cespedes <laughs> or Wright? And Wright actually won that poll because we weren't hearing anything about Cespedes. Yeah, no, When's he, baseball activity starting? Who knows? Um, but anyway, so Cespedes is coming back tomorrow. David Wright – who knows if he's ever come back? I, I would like to see him come back out at least at least once, yeah. just to just to have his proper send off with the crowd and the fans. And he's been working so hard to get back on that field. If, and yeah. you know he's Without an old a teammate of yours. If you talk to me about like the Tim Tebow thing, wanting to see him up, no, no, no. I, I'd I'd rather see David Wright, even Hell if it's yeah. to have one ceremonial at one, bat, yes, one ceremonial at bat, one ceremonial play, just something so that the. And I swear to God, if it's not sold out and filled the capacity. That is a disrespect beyond doubt because this man is giving everything that he has to just try and get back on the field. Yeah. And it's not even a – it's not a money thing. It's not a pride thing. He bleeds orange and blue like all of us, and that's one thing that you can never take away from David Wright because it, it he doesn't want to embarrass himself. He doesn't want to embarrass the organization. He's giving it his all. And even last year when he tried to do it, and I, I actually texted with him because I couldn't understand. He had a rehab game, and then it was supposed to be like a couple days off, see how he feels. Mm-hmm. He played four straight because he wanted to push the envelope to see if he could do it right, to right, get right. back in time. And it was because they were playing against, I think, the um, Astros, and maybe he could DH just to see if he could do it. And I, I, I love the guy. I, I've, I've loved him from day one where, I, I mean, he was just a, the old-school player with – the new school mentality uh, of, you know what, when they handed down the torch, it was to the right guy. Yeah. So they've missed him terribly in that clubhouse. They've missed him terribly on the field. But to me, I think if, if anybody gets back, even if it's for one at bat, I want to see David Wright do it. So we actually have another David Wright question here, I think, from Miles. What's up, Miles? Uh, hey, everybody. I'm Miles. Uh, I'm the <laughs> photographer's husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of David Wright, a- as we all know, the Mets have a ridiculous uh, 
policy of not retiring numbers until that player goes in the Hall of Fame as a as a New York Met. Uh, but I don't I don't think David Wright's going to the Hall of Fame. I don't, I also don't think anybody should ever wear the number five again. They shouldn't just take it after cir- out of circulation. What what do you think they're gonna do when that day comes? Because the fans are gonna. I mean, we say we'll revolt all the time. We never do, but we're 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 never going again. We're going on Tuesday. Yeah. 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 And I agree with you 1,000%. One of the hardest things for me to see, and no disrespect to Danny Muno, he was wearing number 16. And I was like, okay, if if it was a number one prospect, if it was a guy that you can see being a cornerstone player, then you open up the vault of, Select numbers. 18, well, it's like eight. eight 18, no one's rocking eight, eight after the kids. Sixteen, you know? seventeen. Uh, those guys. Those guys. And 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 I get it's been thirty some odd years. It doesn't matter. Um, the Yankees do it with any and everybody. And that they're running that, out of numbers. That taints it. There, there are no oh, more triple numbers. digits. There are no more numbers because they literally have retired like you know five number fives and three number threes and eight <laughs> number eights. So you you can't do it anymore. I I get it. And it's it's a different entity over there. But I think as Met fans, and you guys are the best ones that I know. People hate that, by the way. But you know, I'm, he said that we didn't say it. He ga- said it. You guys, you guys have an opportunity as well to maybe uh, listen. Tom Seaver, they always talk about him having should have a statue. Tom Terrific should have a statue in, in, somewhere in the stadium. Um, so there are certain and a bullpen cart and a bullpen cart named after. <laughs> there, 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 there should be there are certain things that need to be addressed from a fan base that I do think it doesn't seem important, maybe to the hierarchy when everything is going so bad, but there should be a division there at City Field that says, hey, you know what, this is the right thing to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I, I, th- those num- those numbers. Uh, y- Sometimes should pass. I remember Dylan Dylan G went down DFA and the the guy that got called off from Dylan G got screwed over. He pitched nine no hit innings that that game where Matt Harvey pitched eighteen innings yep. or uh, the eighteen inning game. He pitched nine no hit innings. Mm-hmm. Didn't pitch a whole no, game. So so for Dylan G again, was he the greatest Met ever? No, but as a big leaguer, when you leave the clubhouse and the next day somebody has your jersey, kind of know you're not going back. Right. And right, he right. stayed and he tried to stay. To you know, say, hey, I'm going down. I'll take assignment and let's see what happens. That's difficult when somebody has your number. You know, I, I was playing with um, Cervelli, and I'll never forget this. I was playing with Cervelli, and we were down in uh, AAA with the Yankees, and he was sad. I go, what's the matter? He goes, they just called up um, Jason Nix, and they gave him my number. Meanwhile, Cervelli caught the majority of the games the year before, and they were selling Cervelli jerseys at the stadium with that number. And he's like, they, they just gave him my number. He's like, I don't understand it. And so I, I sat with him and I said, listen, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. I said, you're playing for 29 other teams. You never know what happens, blah, blah, blah. And so he was wearing number three in AAA. And I go, listen, I'll put a call into the Ruth family. I'll get you <laughs> Ruth's jersey when you get back up. Yeah. So it, it, it happens. It, it's, it, to me, it, they used to do it. They have some minor league guys wear number five down in, down in spring training. And that's spring, that's spring training. That's still a little that, weird. That's a decoy, actually, because then you think David Wright's actually playing all over the place. You're like, oh, my God, he's, I saw him on the field. Number five was there. Um, to, to me, Charlie Samuel, who was the clubhouse guy when I was with the Mets, he made it a policy of no shot. Like It had to be like years after even just a regular player was gone right. before you got that number, You know, before they released that number. Um, when I signed with the Mets in 2008, I signed the – 
two days before, um, and I requested the number 57 because I'm smart <laughs> and I knew what was <laughs> happening. And I get a phone call from Charlie saying, um, can't give you 57, bud. I was like, uh, why? why? He's like, we just traded for Santana. I was like, oh, oh, did you? I didn't realize that. <laughs> so I was trying to get a Rolex out of it, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, actually, but actually, 57 was my, um, that was my number all over the world where I played overseas and, and Taiwan and, and Dominican. And so I had a lot of success with that number, and I liked it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go with 57. So the, the best part about the story is when I see Santana, we're hanging out in spring training, and I tell him the story about how that was supposed to be my number. And he's like, what do you mean? And I tell him, I said, listen, I don't want to have to take the number back. But if I have to, <laughs> so the next morning, I put my G-Shock watch in his locker, and he walks in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He walks in, and he, he looks in his locker, and he goes, what the hell is this? I go, I want the number back. And he goes, is this your watch? You try to give me a G-Shock for the number? <laughs> and I go, yeah. And he tossed it right in the garbage. <laughs> and I, I, of course, I went and got it. It was a good G-Shock watch. But that was, that was like one of the moments that I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not about the money. The guy likes the number. So <laughs> I couldn't buy my number back. All right. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit. The Subway Series is this weekend. The Mets are actually going to be playing baseball tomorrow in the Bronx. And... Um, we got Noah Syndergaard on the hill. Yep. Uh, this is three-fifths of the lineup, not the lineup, the, the uh, rotation that we expect. I mean, Harvey is where Harvey is right now. But uh, we got Mats, Syndergaard, and uh, DeGrom pitching this weekend. So what do you think? I like it. I mean, we, we played well against Hold someone. on. Prediction. Prediction? How many wins are the Mets going to have this weekend, if any? Two out of three. Two out of three. You're going to win the series? Two out of three. All right, so you heard it here first. Mets haven't won a series in two fucking months, but they're going to win in the Bronx. <laughs> this weekend against the Yankees. How many beers? Were, were you at happy hour before this? I am happy hour. <laughs> so I, 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 I think you're going to have Syndergaard. I mean, nobody's had more rest than he has. He's pitched well. I mean, he threw the hell out of the ball last time out. So yep. I'm looking for him to continue doing that. Um, no disrespect to Seth Lugo, but Seth Lugo dominated the Yankee lineup. And I think that these two guys with Syndergaard and DeGrom... They could have won the last series as well. They, they could have. You know, the, the, the Mets just didn't produce. They, I think uh, DeGrom had the Friday night game. Correct. Um, they could have won that series. Correct. No, so I, I see them, and, and it's funny because it's almost more pressure for the Yankees. Like I said, you're playing at home now, right, right? Right, right. So it's more pressure on them. They're supposed to embarrass the Mets. So if they don't do that, and it's like the sixth, seventh inning, then the bullpen, and that's the biggest key. So yeah. if the bullpen can find a way to show up this weekend, I would Well, we'll really see what happens it. tomorrow night. I mean, Syndergaard, I think, only went five innings the last outing. I don't know if they're going to wait. I mean, you, you would know better than I would about stretching him out. How many pitches is he, he going to throw? I, I, think he, I think he'll be fine for 100 pitches. I, I can see him going, especially if he's winning and he's getting the, it'll get them into the seventh. I don't see him not going 100 pitches. I mean, the, the guy looked tremendous last time out. His, his, uh, his, you know, he was off on his command, but... I mean, 94 mile hour sliders. It's stupid. So let's talk about the Subway Series. As a guy, a local guy, uh, I don't know about the fans here, but I think that it's been happening so often now. Uh, obviously, every year in the begin in the beginning when this thing first happened, and it was more sporadic. There was more juice behind it, and I don't know if it's just a way to either sell more tickets, sell more newspapers, get more people excited about watching the pre and post game, yeah. uh, which you do an excellent job on. Thank but you. Um, thank you, thank you. Oh, also. 
Let me mention this also. Your first year and Gelb's first year, we went to the World Series. That's right. We were, the curse of KB was out, and the, you guys the, were in. The Tiki doll was gone. That's what we said. So the Tiki doll was, doll was gone. Do you think that the appeal of the Subway Series has lost its luster a little bit? And do you think that the players, is it really just lip service when they're on the mics, or do they really have a little bit of extra juice uh, behind themselves when there's these games about to be played. I, I think you should because again, it's it's, it's uh, bragging rights. It's, it's not it's not just interleague play. This is playoff atmosphere, Subway Series type. You know, we did it in 2000, so it, we know what it's like. And so I think any chance you get where it's a full stadium, and and you have you know a chance to your team against their team, that's what the city's about. So you you want to put forth your best effort you want these guys to live it and so a guy like Frazier you know he's taking it a little more personal than most and so I think he he puts a little bit more emphasis on it and tries to get the guys going like he said but it was funny when he said you know if we can't get guys who uh, can't get it up for this series then we'll find some guys yeah where, where are you finding them <laughs> yeah Tom's River Where's he's he gonna go, go out and get some guys he's going back to Tom's River he's bringing his boys yeah <laughs> we'll kick the Yankees anybody want to suit up on Saturday no I, I so I think yes it, it still matters and it's a big deal it's a big deal to these guys um it's not just one series. It's not, you know, it, I, I do think it's a chance for the Mets to, is it doing some damage to the Yankees? Well, yeah, it is exactly. now. Exactly. So I mean, every game for them every, counts these days. Everything is about, you the know The race I mean? is so tight. I, I, dude, a one-game playoff for those two teams? It's going to suck. That'd be crazy. That's going to suck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you win, you know, 100 games, and you still got to play the one-game playoff. One game um, I forgot to mention this in the jump because I was so flustered where we almost <laughs> didn't have internet. Uh, share the show if you're watching right now on Facebook. Retweet if you're watching on Periscope or Twitter. Even if you're here, you could do it. And what? You'll, you'll, you'll give it away if you win? And I want to let you know that the comments at home, everybody wants a I am happy hour t-shirt <laughs> with Figaro's <laughs> face on it. We can whip, hey. whip you up the custom. I am happy hour. I, I know a guy. I know a guy. So we're giving away uh, two gift cards. He used to do it from his mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my dad. He's here. I actually Cheers didn't get to, to say that. hello yeah, uh, earlier. But uh, yeah, if you retweet and share the show right now, you'll be in the running for the gift card for the Seven Lines website. We are going to play What's in the Box with someone here. Oh He's going to play What's in the Box. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let me uh, let you guys in on what we're doing on Tuesday at the ballpark because we do have an outing. If you haven't been to McKellar yet, you should definitely stop. Have you been, been to McKellar? No. I see you're a beer drinker. I, I am a... Uh, well, you're drinking beer right now, at least. I'm, yes, I am drinking beer right now, and I'm thankful for that, but I'm normally in the studio all the damn time. We we're get all out, buzzed. We get out once, once every other homestand to do the shows. Well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Besides this, you were yeah. off last Saturday. There was an outing, and you're at the ballpark. Yeah. Which is like, you, you would think that and when you have your night off, yeah. you want to go do something else. I, you know, and it's funny because I, I don't get a lot of chances to go out and watch the game um, live. And, and the World Series, if anybody saw during the World Series, we did the broadcast, and I would watch two innings from inside, and then I'd watch three innings from my seats inside. I paid a lot of money for those damn seats, but I wanted to be there for the World Series, and I wanted to experience it. So it was, it was great. I was on the right field line with my family, and what was funny was that it was, uh, I had bought five seats, but of course I was the sixth guy, and people were like, screw it, move over, we're fine. So we're all, you know, half-assing it in the seats, and we're all cheering together. 
So it was, it was incredible for me as a fan to get a chance to do that for a few innings. Then I had to run back and keep watching the game. But I, I think for me, any chance I get to go to the ballpark and um, you know walk around, and it's not just about being like an ambassador of the of the team or being able to you know say hi to people because they know what I do. It's literally like I go to my seats, and it's funny because Franco, you know, like when they do the trivia questions, mm -hmm. and you get like the former player coming down and yeah, they yeah, give yeah, him the baseball. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting in my seats, and you know, right by home plate, up by the dugout, and up at the top because I like to be able to get out quick when I can and go to the bathroom. I don't want to run through people. So I'm sitting there, and uh, Franco, and they're like, you know, the answer is John Franco, and he comes walking down. So I grab him. The security guard hits my hand. <laughs> and he goes down. He takes the picture with the guy. And as he's coming up, he, this was like the first time that it happened. He sees me and he, of course, gives me the John Franco greeting. And he smacks me right in the mouth. <laughs> he just goes, hey, kid, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. He's like, are you coming up to the suite? I go, dude, I'm not a suite guy. I, I sit right here in my seats. I order my food like everybody else, and I watch the game. In fact, uh, guys from Cake Boss. From where? From oh, Cake, Cake, Boss, Cake, Cake Boss. Boss. All the guys from Cake Boss are sitting like you know, two rows up from the dugout, and when they came up, as they're passing by me, they're like, isn't that that guy? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's the guy. And I'm like, oh, isn't that the Cake Boss guys? And so we took pictures together. But to me, it's like I, I, I grew up having to sit in the upper deck. You know, So when I get these great SNY seats and I get to sit field level, and take in the game and just be around the fans. And, and I still say that because it's a new stadium, there should be a tutorial on how to be a fan. The whole two strikes, stand up. Yeah, hell yeah. No wave. No, uh, no wave. Well, I don't know. I don't know how you stand on that. I just told you to say don't that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, the reason I say no wave is because already they're distracted because they're on their phones. So 90% of them are on their phones anyway, and they're not even doing the wave. So it, it looks terrible. To me, I think there has to be a tutorial because I remember as a pitcher, and one of my greatest thrills in Shea Stadium was that I got to two strikes on my first hitter and everybody stood up and started clapping. And I was like, I mean, I'm talking about electricity going through my body and I'm thinking of all the times I watched Doc pitch and, and Darling and all those guys and they struck somebody out and the place just goes ape shit. And I'm standing there on the mound, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta strike him out. <laughs> and so I struck him out and I... I Who was it? I, I, it was the one of the first batters that I faced with Milwaukee Brewers. I can't remember. I struck out like six that day. But I remember when I struck him out, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up because it was so loud. And the fans went ape. And like now you see it, and it's like two strikes. Hey, guys, by the way, you know, it's two strikes, two <laughs> outs. Uh, he's getting out of it. Can you clap? Or, there we go. You guys know how to do it. That, to me, it maybe needs to be readdressed. I messed this up the other day. I messed this up the other day. Jump him out! Woo! I messed it up the other day while out there. Somebody recorded me from the side. And they, they, like, oh, his timing's off. Yeah. I'm a little out of practice. But yeah, so that, that to me is the biggest thing, is that uh, when the, the feeling of being a, a former player and still a fan, like bringing my dad out, watching my dad, and, and trust me, my dad tells me all the time what's what. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that in my ear after every show and, and uh, before every show, I get the text messages of what the hell is going on. Well, that's what I get to when I curse too much. <laughs> but uh, no, there is something about baseball. I mean, you know, the outings aside, I do like ch checking out. When we go to a ballpark, let's right. say on a Friday night before our outing, the Friday night. I How'd you like, like Arizona, by the way? Was, well, the pool was awesome. 
Full circle. D- d- oh, my God. Full circle. Listen we to this. We had such a good time. Listen to this. This lady was not prepared for our crew. Who took glass bottles in? No, no, they gave it to you. They you, gave we, us right, glass on. bottles. Hold on a second. So we get down there. The lady goes, what, what would you like? And we gave her 40 credit cards from different people. Like, we want basically like the whole menu. So you can order bottle service. Right. The bottle of vodka was like 60 bucks, a whole bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full bottle, yeah. 60 bucks. Oh, they Glass. Do, they're old school there. Yeah. She walks down with like, you know, you. Like the, it was, it was 59.99 when they paid for it. You're being charged 60. That's why the they do bin, it. The bin, like the bin for like a bar back, you know, holding the bin. She, she goes and comes back and comes back with all these glass bottles and just gives you the bottle. That's it. Hands you a glass <laughs> bottle on a pool deck. Yeah. No rules. Mm-mm. It was unbelievable. Anyway, Arizona in general was like super, super hot. A lot of these maniacs went uh, hiking for some reason. You guys go uh, Camelback, South Mountain. We went to Utah and we did the Narrows Ooh. first. And I don't then leave my my hotel. I go to a local bar and then I go to a game and then I go back to local bar. <laughs> Boring. I hear but anyway, uh, you know something about baseball. Just checking out a new ballpark, which I love. We only have two more now to close. Well, one more. I, I went to uh, Cincinnati years ago, so I really only have to go to LA to finish National League. That's it. Um, We'll get to Tuesday in a second, but there's something about just going to a baseball game, which is just fun to do. We, even if you don't, if, even if you're not a fan of the team that's playing. Right. My dad actually ripped out something. I don't know what it was from, a newspaper article. It was uh, Mark Wahlberg talking about just loving baseball, and there was something in there. He said, if he passes a Little League field, just some kids are playing, they'll stop and pull over and just watch because there's something about baseball, even just watching from that level, which is ex- exciting and enjoyable. It is. And, uh, you know, not everyone is into our brand of cheering. It's fine. If you don't want to stand up and cheer, two strikes, whatever, even if it's, if it's nice etiquette or whatever, and we clearly enjoy doing it, it doesn't mean that you're a better fan or a worse fan. Just cheer differently, which right. is fine. Um, I don't know what I was going with on that, but this Tuesday we do have an outing. We're going to be at the ballpark. I think it's our 89th. We're pretty close to having 100 outings. It'll be our third, our nice. third outing of next year will be our 100th outing. I'm hoping it's a road game. That'd be pretty sick. But this Tuesday, if you are cheering with us, come on down to McKellar Pryor. Uh, if you've ever been to McFadden's, it's just the opposite corner of that on 126th Street. Um, drink specials will be there. We'll be... What, you, what am I reading over here? Oh, my God. Well, I'm hands? trying to be I'm incognito I'm here. I'm like um, yeah. uh, Ron Burgundy soon. here. Uh, I'm like, I'm reading something. And do you want to talk about And to like, you, uh, San Diego. <laughs> anyway, so, McKellar, come on down. We're going to be doing drink specials. They're going to be doing it. drink specials. <laughs> All you got to do is show the T7L logo on your jersey, show it to the bartender or the mobile beer hawker. And I will talk about that paper in one second. Uh, <laughs> come on down. We are going to be there. The weekdays, it's pretty tough to tailgate because, you know, to set up a tailgate prior and then clean up and get inside before first pitch is pretty tough if you work a 9 to 5. So, Try McKellar. Try harder. <laughs> Four yeah. o'clock. Hey, I, I had one thing for the team. Play better for you. It's easy to sit harder. there. You don't got to clean up. I mean, personally, yeah, I don't right. barbecue. I kind of just show up. So I have, an, I have it pretty easy. But uh, the cast, the cast man over here is the, the head barbecuer. There he is. This man puts out a spread that you would not believe. If you could ever make it down and you're not working, uh, stuffed egg, uh, stuffed uh, shells, lobster, stuffed shells. like sausage and peppers, Sick. mac and cheese. This guy, this guy does it all. So, um, I don't know if you knew about this, but our Boston outing in September—it's our largest one we've ever done. We have sixteen hundred tickets on the field level mm-hmm. behind the pesky pole. Um, yeah, exactly. They a- sold and some other things that are in the way. <laughs> no, no, no. We actually we, we sat back there a while ago and we were like obstructed view, like a little farther back. <laughs> but we have like uh, sixteen hundred. 
fans over like five sections. Nice. And they sold out in one minute uh, online. We did do a pre-sale for our season ticket members. But today we did a scavenger hunt around Manhattan. And you had to show up here at 3 p.m. Gotcha. We gave you a – I don't have it in front of me. But we gave everyone a, a list. Uh-huh. And the list had a few different things on it that they had to find. A red sock from anywhere. Nice. Anything blue. We gave them a blue pen, by the way. Uh, I don't know if anyone would have just put the pen in the bag. Uh, an empty beer. Uh-huh. Take a selfie in front of the Empire State, Bu- State Building. Cool. And I don't know if that was all of them. Oh, oh and a uh, package of orange sauce from Chick-fil-A. So about a dozen people showed up here at 3 o'clock. We gave them those clues. And then the four after that were all photo clues. Gotcha. So the first one was a photo of Daryl Boston. You know what number yeah. you were? thinking it's it's got an eight in it doesn't it six no six yeah, yeah. so that was sixth avenue some people may have sixth thought sixth avenue. street the second was uh 41 Seaver, 41st and sixth the third was a photo of kobe bryant so people would think 24 or 8 which one it doesn't matter <laughs> brian park so gotcha. 41st sixth brian park the fourth was fine drew who's here right now and once they went to drew they had to show off in the bag all the stuff did you get all that? And right. he goes, okay, look in, the, look in the flowers in the west part of the park. Right. And then Andrew here, you want to jump in? Nice. Yeah, hi. Hold on. So, so basically <laughs> what it was was I got to, to Brian Park early, and I said, all right, where can I find a spot to hide this ticket? Yeah. I'm with John O. There's a nice view. It's hot out. A lot of people are laying out in bikinis gotcha. and stuff like that. You weren't looking though, right? So then I'm like, where can I hide this thing? And I saw a bunch of flowers there, and I said, all right, there's a pot there. I can lift it up and just put the ticket there. So I sat back from a distance, and I started looking at it. I'm like, all right, this is the perfect spot to hide it. People showed up. This guy shows up last. Yeah. Like, yo, I probably lost, but I'm like, just hurry up. Give me, give me what you got. I said, look. The, the ticket's going to be on the west side of the park yeah. near colorful flowers. It uh-huh. could be under a pot, inside flowers. But the park is small. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This dude, in two seconds, walks there. Jono was recording someone else walking the other way. I start yelling, yo! Jono <laughs> turns around, catches him at the perfect time when he lifts up the pot. I'm like, yo. This guy's psychic. <laughs> All right, Andrew, so jump on in here for a second. So you've, you've sat with us before. I, I recognize yeah, yeah. you from the games. Like get nice and close to the mic there. No problem. So we did the scavenger hunt. He found it. Uh, I do want to tell you, I was sitting here. I, didn't fi- I purposely stayed here in case anyone was tailing me because these guys went out. <laughs> and um, someone comes back after the finding out the first clue of Daryl Boston, and the guy goes to me, so do we have to find out like where Daryl Boston hangs out? Or? I'm like, I, I, I'm not supposed to tell you what's going on. Yeah. Don't jump in. We're... We're good. We're good. So um, I was like, I, that's the whole point. I'm not right. supposed to tell you where to go. you got to figure it out. So one of them was a red sock. Uh, what's your name again? Will. Will? So Will. Will goes up. He doesn't have a red sock. He goes up to an old lady in Bryant Park and gets her to take off her grimy <laughs> sock and gives it to him. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't win anything for that? Uh, we gotta get, we'll give him something. We'll give him something. What, yeah. what size yeah. t-shirt do you wear? We brought some extra large t-shirts. Gotcha. So he gets the stinky sock from this lady. <laughs> and then, did you give it back? Yeah, yeah he gave it back. Okay. So he gave it back everywhere. So, it's a good man. So uh, how'd you pull this off today? You took off of work? What, what's going on? I uh, took an extended lunch break. I'll put it that way. All right. Well, three o'clock? Yeah. It started at three. <laughs> nice. And so, it took uh, like two hours, right? Yeah, yeah. It was all right. 
Uh, so I got the went through the list pretty quickly, and then I was waiting for the clue. And, and you came back here. Yeah, I came back here. I don't know how you won if you came back here after. I had to charge my phone, so I came back he here. He came back here, was asking me questions while he was like charging his phone. He's like, "Well, I'm done with all the clues, so I'm just gonna charge my phone until the next clue comes back." Do you think it'll be soon? Because uh, I have to go back to work. <laughs> I didn't tell my boss that I was leaving. Oh, shit. Like, shh, shh. Yeah, Way to get the guy in trouble. He's a Yankee fan. He's not going to be one of us. No, but like, seriously, it's like $300 worth of tickets. Quick yeah. your job. Yeah. Quick your <laughs> job. <laughs> Quick your job. All right. Quick job. For what? Why would he quit his job? That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. All right, anyway, congratulations. Um, Thank you. I, I think I'll have your information, but if not, we'll get, you, we'll get your stuff and your T-shirt size. We'll mail the stuff Very out to cool. you. So, Thank you. Uh, so we do need someone to play What's in the Box. That's Lizzie's job to find someone to play What's in the Box next. And um, <laughs> you still have time if you're at home and you want to share the show or retweet the show, whatever, and you will be in the running for... Uh, two, well, one person's on Facebook's gonna get a gift card. The other person on Twitter is gonna get a gift card as well. Twenty dollars for the seven line website. Lizzie, pick someone quick, please. What is the number that I wear on my jersey? Oh my oh God! Eight. Can you believe this? Yeah. Kinda, they don't do this show on SNY, right? All right, hurry up, anyone. So what number do I wear on my jersey? Who we got? Who we got? Ah, uh, CPA. All right. What's up? What's up? What's up, CPA? All right. So if you you watch the show, I think. Yeah. So basically, the way it works here is, uh, you just pick one, two, three, or four, and you get whatever's in that those. It's not box today. It's an Bags envelope. Today. <laughs> Bags today. Let's go two. All right, two. It's usually some fancy music. I totally screwed it up. I didn't get the scene no right. Fancy so music. just rip it. It's cool. <laughs> And uh, for all those right, of you right. at home, uh, this man right here, CPA, is going to be on SMY pretty soon. Oh, my God, that's a good, that's a good prize. That is a good prize. Where's your wow. Some knock-around shades. So these were, the, these were the opening day, I think 2013, we gave these away. 2014. Tw sorry, I stand corrected. 2014, every fan that sat with us got those, those, yeah, uh, those sunglasses. got the shirt on. So you got that for free CPA. All right, so we are going to do our share contest for those at home. Where's my phone? Hold on. Can you unplug that for me? My phone right there on the floor? I got to thank you again for coming out, though, dude. Like, I don't even know how this began, like our, our <laughs> friendship, but you always come out for us. And whether it's at, you know, spring training or at home or wherever, you're always hanging out and we, we appreciate it. No, I, I love you guys and I, I, I told you that from the beginning is that I wish I was around long enough to enjoy you guys. Um, funny thing is that when you invited me out to Hop Hog to yeah, uh, yeah. do it. So yeah, let me it's tell you a little about, bit closer to home, right? Let me tell you about Hop Hog. So <laughs> I have I, I, I have good memories of Hop Hog because I was only there for two weeks, but I also have the memories of Hop Hog that I had to go to independent league to continue playing after I had my surgery. You were on the Ducks? I was on the Ducks. I was on the Long Island Ducks for two weeks, and I stayed. Uh, brother, my brother's co-workers lived in Hop Hog, and I stayed at their house in their basement. Well, no, I wanted to stay in the basement, but the dad said that that was his man cave, and I wasn't allowed to stay in the basement. So I wound up staying in a room upstairs, and I literally only slept there like maybe two nights. Um, but the family took me in, and it was great, and, I, and, and it was in Hop Hog, and I remember hearing the name. <laughs> 
of Hop Hog, and when you said you were out there, I'm like, nah, bro. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's way too far to go out there. You know, Hop and Hog. that's why that you know when I wanted to expand the show a little bit, I want to do some more stuff live in the city. I think that's no, it's great. A cool, this I don't, is awesome. I, honestly, I didn't really walk around yet. This is awesome. I don't know. Maybe there's 70 people here, so this is awesome. I, um, I, I, I do this every other week. Uh oh, look at I think that. Dun dun dun. I think maybe we found a new co-host. Ah. Don't tell Brian that. Yeah, you, you know what? You got to send in a submission video. <laughs> I, I'll, send yeah. in, I'll send in my reel. Yeah, yeah, we'll check you. Well, uh, we'll see, we'll see. We'll think about it. <laughs> no, but seriously, that'd be awesome. Uh, and shout out, again, shout out to Playwright. If you didn't catch in the beginning, we're at Playwright 35th between 5th and 6th. Uh, when the Mets make the playoffs this year, this is where we're going to be, just so you guys know. Bam. <laughs> Bam, he said it. All right, so uh, can you just tell me when to stop? This person can win some free stuff. I'm going through some retweets here. Uh, now. Bruce. All right. Bruno, uh, at JMZ5329. If he's here, if not, he still wins. Uh, let's say you win. You got to tell me when to stop, too. Okay. Want me to tell you when to stop? Stop. I'm kidding. You didn't even start yet. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Ready, set, go. go. It's always someone she knows. And then everyone thinks it's a scam. So That's right. why I'm waiting. Tell them. I mean, tell them, stop. Now? Yeah. yeah. Not. How about now? Stop. <laughs> Moshe Mutter Pearl. Oh. <laughs> it's a, it's a you, bot. You don't know them? It's a bot. You don't know them? <laughs> All right, good. All right, so um, listen, keep up the good work. I Thanks for all you do for uh, for Mets fans and especially us. I mean, you know, you again. I can't say enough great thank things. You. Thank you, thank you. No, I appreciate I... you coming on here, spending your Thursday with us, and uh, we're looking forward to a uh, strong second half. That's it. That's all we, that's all we can, we can do. do right? Hey, it, listen. The, the first half, if it, laughing beats crying, right? So laugh off the first half. I mean, chalk it up. Chalk it up to shit happens. Yeah. You know, I, honestly. You know, Mickey is here for three years. Um, you know, the, the players are, are... So the guy that tweeted to me yesterday that, that uh, Wally's going to be here next week, that was false, right? <laughs> Wally yeah. might be here next week, but I remember he's right here in uh, Newark you know, where he's uh, coaching. So. for a host. Um, listen, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and I, I, heard the, I, I heard... I actually talked to Sal Licata yesterday about the interview because I, I yeah, listened yeah, yeah. to it, and it was, it was a really good interview. And, and listen, Wally is a, is a tremendous baseball guy. I mean, you can take a ton of ex-Mets who are baseball guys and, and say that you can feel like they would be a better manager. The game has changed in a lot of ways. The, the, the analytics to the game, the way that you can help players understand all that, the way that you have to get the players to interact and buy in to, you know, not playing every day. I mean, when we came up, David Wright, uh, playing every day meant you were playing 160 of 162. That's no longer feasible. That's no longer the right thing to do. You wouldn't want to run your Ferrari at red every day of the week, but on a Sunday, you let it eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I think you have to get guys to understand the new baseball. And it's not that you want less out of them. You want more out of them, but less amount of times because you can use a guy like Wilmer Flores a little bit more. You can in have guys playing a little bit more. That rotation that I thought they would have of every 10 days, you know, Cespedes playing for 10 games and then a day off so that you can get somebody else in there, whether it had been Nimmo or, or Ligaris or Conforto. I mean, Ligaris goes down and it changes the dynamic of everything. Cespedes goes down, changes the dynamic of everything. Now you have Nimmo, who started off and, I mean, was on an all-star pace. 
But his last month or so, he hit a wall. He wasn't expecting to play at the major league level this much. Um, so the good things and the bad things. We only got to talk about pitching. Real quick, we got to talk about pitching. For the hitting side, Cabrera's been a godsend. Um, got to get Conforto back on track. Nimmo continued to do what he did that made him successful. Um, guys got to get healthy. You yeah. get your three, four, and five hitters back in the lineup, and it changes everything. The Mets, had they scored only three runs a game, are in a totally different position. Than so what do you want to call this episode? Mathematically Alive? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? That's exactly it. That was actually a pretty good documentary back in the day. I don't know if you saw it. Because that's exactly it. It's not, it's not even about being a shill. Because I've seen, I saw the Cleveland Indians win 23 straight. It can happen. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be where you dominate the other team. It just has to be that, you know what? You suffered enough in the first half. You learned some lessons. You want Wilmer Flores up in any time you have a chance to win a game, apparently. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's where you can do things and you have a full roster. So if they can get healthy, they can put some things together. The pitching staff, the starters especially, are being pushed to seven innings almost every time. Relievers have to show up. And it's going to be a much better second half than the first half. And I'm going to tell you right now, I saw the Marlins in 2003. And we kept looking up at the Jumbotron and watching the standings. Mm -hmm. And we're like, holy shit, they're making a move. Like, wow, they're pretty good. And they wound up winning the World Series. Nobody thought they were winning the World Series. There wasn't one person that said they were winning the World Series. They even went out and got a different manager. They brought McKean back. <laughs> and it pushed them to another level. So I, I, I'm not saying that they're going to make the playoffs. But as I said, play better the fans deserve it you deserve it as a player is that we you believe. want to be better <laughs> I, I i get that we believe but we have to do <laughs> it, it, it's no it's no longer about believing i i had a i had a coach who told me one time uh i walked a guy the next guy threw two balls to he came out and he said hey what's going on what are you doing i go he goes you're gonna throw a strike i go i'm trying he said try you're trying Oh, you're a paid professional. You do. I can get that old man to try. Yeah. <laughs> hey. And ever since then, that's the way I look at it, is that you're a paid professional. You have to live up to a certain standard. Absolutely. All right, man. So thanks again. I'm going to make this beer Nelson. disappear. Thanks to all you guys for showing up. Thanks to the playwright. Um, cheers, brother. Cheers to a strong second cheers, half. Guys. Cheers to you guys, and let's go Mets.